Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. The third ODI gets underway inside 24 hours here in beautiful but soggy candy. And while the weather forecast suggests rain delays might be possible tomorrow, the Talk Sport team are eternal optimists. There will be play. On today's show, we go Moeen Ali crazy. Not only did he speak to Andrew McKenna to preview the match and talk about how best replace the injured Liam Dawson. I'm sure he will be ahead of most of the guys when they come over, naturally, because he's been here, his sleep patterns are good and used to conditions to be batting a lot in the nets. He also had a good sit-down on the candy outfield in the midday sun with Gareth Batty to talk about the art of offspin. Before I actually get into onto my back leg before I bowl, I'll push my right arm out, whereas before I was a lot more uh, chest on. But Plenty more of that in the show. Plus, Frank from Northampton and Fear of Heights with Gareth Mee and Andrew McKenna. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app. Stay up to date with all the news from England's tour of Sri Lanka. You're listening to Following On. Well, after the events of yesterday, Gareth Batty, we've moved away from the shade of the trees into an expanse of grass, which means that if any snakes are in the vicinity, we are going to see them. There's a drain there, actually. Let's just move away from there. <laughs> We're going to see them before they see us. That's the plan anyway. Um, since you're last with this one following on, uh, a couple of bits of news then. First off, uh, a real serious one, actually. Sanath Jaisaria, who we all remember from his exploits as an ODI opening batsman for Sri Lanka, as well as a test batsman of, of a huge repute, has been charged by the ACU, the uh, ICC Anti-Corruption Unit, for uh, uh, on two two charges: um, failure to comply, essentially to use RoboCop parlance, and also obstruction. Um, now he has two weeks to uh, respond, and he has done, saying that he hasn't actually been charged with anything, although technically he has. So we'll wait and see what happens there. But <clears throat> um, two very serious charges to be levelled. 
uh, both carrying five-year ban from the game if proven guilty. So don't underestimate the severity of those charges. But from a wider perspective, Gareth, and we can't talk about the specifics of this case, um, it could be hugely damaging for the sport um, you know, if uh, if these charges are to be found to be uh, anywhere near as serious as uh, as what the ACU seem to suggest. Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's one of those um, situations that no player wants to find themselves in. Firstly, um, for the world game, we're talking about one of the world's greatest superstars. Um, he was basically one of the first guys that turned um, the power play into chaos for the the bowling opposition, and was quite magnificent at it. Followed it up with a wonderful Test career as well. You know, it would be damaging for the world, but um, I think you look at how damaging that would be for Sri Lanka. That would be a, a pretty uh, Pretty difficult, um, pretty difficult thing to recover from. Uh, they're already in a transitional period with this current uh, team and the need, uh, sort of that that sort of backing and, and assurance from from the country um, to to try and move them forward. So it's uh, it's a very damaging thing for cricket as a whole, but uh, particularly damaging for uh, Sri Lanka if found guilty. The other piece of news, nowhere near as serious, but uh, as we alluded to yesterday, um, of course, Liam Dawson ruled out of the series and Joe Denley called up. Um, somewhat of a surprise uh, in so far that he's been brought up to cover a spinner, but I suppose that's the, uh, the, the, the element to his game that's actually seen him included in the test squad as well. So that's quite an exciting decision, actually. I think it is, and I think it shows some good continuity. Um, the worst case scenario, he doesn't get a game in the next um, three games and he's out here for a longer extended period of time and, and, and more ready for the test matches. So uh, there are positives in there. Um, Joe had a wonderful year back in domestic cricket. Um, he's had some very good winters in the subcontinent playing these 2020 leagues. So he's not. Um, it's not something that will be um, a worry for him coming up in Sri Lankan conditions being asked to perform what would be his secondary skill in leg spin um, and, and, and he's you know adding to his batting. Um, look, you know, the guys had a very, very good domestic year and we talk about um, selectors looking at that and picking on that. So, mm. do you know what? I think it's very brave. As we saw with uh, Butler last year, it was a, a brave one and some people said it's wrong and some people said it's right. I actually think if we're going with the guys that are in form and moving their game forward, that can only be a good thing for English cricket. 24 hours out from the third ODI, live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. Uh, been a rain since we got to Candy again, unfortunately. Uh, a day-night game scheduled for uh, Wednesday. Uh, we've been shower-dodging uh, today. Let's imagine we do get a full day's play. How do you see the makeup of the side? We're going to hear from Owen Ali a bit later. It does, does suggest that they are looking to, uh, to continue with this three-spinner attack. Yeah, I think they're very confident when they go with the four seamers and, and two spin in England, um, or even one spin and, and the seam options. They've done that for a period of time now. I think they're looking at the, the nuts and bolts, and they're looking further down the line maybe to World Cup and exposing some of the spinners that, um, as the pitches get tired in that World Cup, um, sort of uh, not too far away now, um, actually, is this going to be an option? Um, and can England perform well with this? Um I actually think it's quite exciting. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, being a, an ex or current spinner myself, but um, 
I think it's a, it's a good thing. It's putting the, the seamers under pressure that they've got to perform um, in difficult conditions. Um, but it's also putting the spin under pressure. So I think it's a really good move from England. I think it's covering all the bases so that when the selectors sit down and pick that final uh, final squad and there's going to be some very disappointed and very fine cricketers miss out, I think they've covered all bases. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's worth noting as well is that it's an ICC event, the World Cup. So they're in charge of the pitches. They're going to be preparing the pitches played on in 2019. Uh, if it was down to England, you'd imagine and they would go for the uh, the seeming swing-friendly kind of pitches, but that uh, isn't going to be the case. Um, Moeen Ali, as mentioned and promised, spoke with Andrew McKenna uh, a few uh, few moments ago. Yesterday's news, obviously, Liam Dawson's having to go home. Sad for him, he just got himself into some good rhythm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was a great opportunity for him in general just to come out, and we were probably going to play three spinners most of the time, and it's a big shame. He's a great guy, and he's a great, great, great guy to be around, and I think he's a fantastic cricketer as well, so um, hopefully he'll recover quickly and get back into that side. Of course, one door closes, another one opens. Joe Denley was coming out for the test anyway. He's now on the way. Interesting change of dynamic, though. Leg spinner as opposed to a left armour. Does it maybe change how the three work together? I think so, and uh, it depends if the three will be together, if that makes sense, um, because he's different. Um, he's more of a batsman probably than a spinner but um, you know you never know he might get his opportunity and I think it's great for him before the test series to come and um, adapt to conditions and, and just get involved and stuff he's um, I've played a lot of under-19s cricket with him toured a lot with him and um, he was one of my best mates in, in the side so it's great to have him on board and um, I'm looking forward to having him Well the PCA awards this year turned into the Joe Denley awards really I mean if you ever want to get picked you want to get picked when you're playing well he certainly is playing well yeah, and I think um, he's been playing well for a while. I played against him um, two seasons ago in, in the Championship and he scored a double hundred and he played spin brilliantly. And um, I think his time is right. I think he's, I know he's 32, but I think it's the perfect time for him to come in uh, um, into a side where he's ready. He's played quite a lot now. He's had his up and downs and he's gone through that whole um, thing about cricket. And I think it'd be great for him um, to come in. And like you say, when you're playing well, it's the best time to come in and play great advantage though ahead of the test series get a bit bit of extra practice in maybe get some game time as well it, it, it's almost a win-win situation for him exactly and that's that was my point earlier where it's great for him to come and adapt to conditions first of all get used to everything and I'm sure he will be ahead of most of the guys when they come over naturally because he's been here his sleep patterns are good and um, used to conditions be batting a lot in the nets especially when he, if he's not playing um, he'll be in the nets and yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's actually worked out brilliantly for him. Um, but then, obviously, with Dorse going home, it's been, it's been quite sad for him. We finally got some play in Dan Bullock, second game. England, obviously, winning that. How do you reflect on that as an individual and also as a team? I think, um, from a team point of view, is the most important thing is we won. Um, and we didn't play that well, but I, I felt like we did enough um, and we had that partnership I think really won us the game and from an individual point obviously I got first ball I felt like he's a decent ball he, he's done me all ends up with that slow ball and I think with the ball I bowled okay after my initial 4-5 overs I think the first 4-5 overs we're just trying to get through the overs so we can get that game in and make sure we can um, not come back the next day and, um, and then after that I felt like I bowled better and uh, settled down a bit more and, um, but it was, it was great um, I feel like I'm bowling quite well anyway so I'm pretty happy 
you mentioned the first ball. I mean, it's not really playing fair, is it? A guy who can bowl that kind of inswing, and then it grips and turns as well. I mean, it doesn't give you much of a chance. No, I mean, it was a decent ball, I felt. Um, I think to get a slow ball so accurate, and, and particularly with the way he bowls, uh, with his action, it's not always easy to see first up. So um, there's, sometimes there's not a lot you can do about it. You always feel like you can t- play it better, but you just got to be a bit more on it, I guess. All the guys I've spoken to say... There's nothing you can do to prepare for Malinga. All you've got to do is just get out in the middle and try and spend as much time as it. Is it as simple as that? Um, it's easy to say, but they're, they're probably right in terms of um, there's not much you can do preparation-wise because it's so unique the way he bowls. and He's got the experience now. He's probably lost a little bit of pace than what he used to have, but he still has, I think, 500 wickets now in his, uh, under his belt in all international cricket. and He's, um, he's a very, very good bowler. He's um, been around for a very long time now and I think he's uh, smarter than people think. We've obviously moved over to Pellicelli. New venue, new pitches, practice yesterday. Um, we were there setting up our commentary box and they certainly seem to be bringing in the boundary rope a little bit. I think they might be hoping for a, for a high-scoring game in this one. Uh, I hope they bring them in as well, to be honest with you, so then hopefully we can watch a bit more entertaining cricket. Uh, the wicket looks like it's going to be a decent wicket. Um, the, the side nets were OK, they were quite slow, but they were, it's quite nice. And being, having played here before, I think it's a good wicket normally. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Andrew McKenna with Moe and Ali. Uh, always good to 
speak to Mo and we were lucky yesterday, weren't we? Because uh, not only did we get to speak to him today, you caught up with him on the outfields in Candy. I mean, it was blazing hot. Uh, you can see that video on cricket underscore TS at the uh, the Twitter site. But uh, we, we'll hear a little bit about it as well um, in this uh, this edition of following on. I mean, for spin aficionados, and you are one, you know, you're an England cricket, you're an England spinner. You're a cricket badger at the end of the day. How much do you love? And we've really got to know you so much better over the last couple of weeks. You love talking about cricket. What's it like when you're sitting down there on the outfield? Just You're just basically chatting off spin with, with Moe and Ali. You seem to get quite a buzz out of it. I've got to be honest. My leading question was going to be asking about his, how his boys had gone at the weekend. Obviously, it was an international football week, so they hadn't played. So it's a good job I forgot, because I was so excited to ask him a few, a few questions that basically I wanted to know more than anything. And obviously, you guys had said, "Look, we need, we, we, you know, we're looking at this and looking at that." But um, I, th- I find it fascinating how people evolve, um, how they use the different skills, because there's no right or wrong way. There's just a way that works. And more, um, I saw him at close quarters in Bangladesh and India, and I, I thought he. He bowled very, very well against some of the best players of spin in the world. So I'm excited to see um, how he goes in, in Sri Lanka for the whole trip, not just the one-day stuff, the tests as well. Because I really do believe he's, he's getting towards the peak of his career. He understands his game. Obviously, his batting is, is another string to his bow, which he's fantastic at. But I love to see people getting better and evolving and using all their skill sets and actually being brave enough to do it. Well, it was a fascinating interview, and as I say, you can uh, look at that in its entirety on the website, on uh, cricket underscore TS. Uh, but let's just hear a, a few minutes as you sat down and just discuss the different types of spin uh, and the different types of approach that Moeen Ali brings to Sri Lanka and brings to his game. So when you say the pitches are tackier, uh, that's with the moisture around. How, do you change the seam position or anything else you're changing in your action? Um, slightly, I feel like I have to bowl it more because it's tackier, which means then it's a little bit on the slow side. Like the ball will, even though it will grip a bit more, you kind of have to put a lot more on the ball um, with with your body more than anything. And everything needs to sort of sink in your action to really get that purchase on that ball. And uh, which means then you have to sometimes feel like you're firing the ball in without going flat. If that makes sense. So you're trying to put as much as you can on the ball with almost maximum body power into that ball so by putting more power and, and releasing the ball with a flatter trajectory does that mean that the shape is, is a bit more of a square seam as opposed to an over-the-top seam that we maybe see people ball in Australia or South Africa yeah definitely I feel uh, in general my one-day bowling is a little bit square seam which I've kind of like because of that ball that does go straight on and I feel I can control my length a bit more my action actually differs now I've come to a point where my action is different in test match bowling to one day bowling which I think we play so much of both that it's quite important for me now and um, I feel in, in test matches I can have that orthodox try and get that orthodox off spin position uh, on the seam whereas um, in one days I don't mind that square square seam um, I feel then as long as I'm still trying to spin that ball um, I'm not too fussed because of the ball that goes straight on so just from my naked eye the other day, when I was watching you in the one day, it looked to me like you were almost trying to shut down periods. So say, say half of your balls, you're shutting down the offside, which created a bit of an arch in your back at times. And it was brilliant to watch. You don't see many English spinners do it. You, you put your normal conventional slip to leg slip. Is that because of what you're talking about there? Definitely. There's, uh, I will play um, if I feel like I need it. Um, my game plan is to bowl two dots and over um, with... With J. Roy at midwicket most of the time, he does get me that, and that's very, very important. But 
is you're right sometimes if i want to shut off the offside i'll try and put a leg slip in or a 45 in depending on the batsman to try and get those two duck balls um and if i get more then it's great but it's i do do that i, I try and bowl middle and leg a lot of the time uh, or going on to hit middle and leg but then use that attacking line as well with the odd ball so the difference just for people listening and, and viewing um when we watched you play against India in the summer and you, you bowled them out on a, on a couple of occasions, bowled magnificently, that tiger line, which is almost a foot outside of stump, the di- what's the slight difference in your technical approach to bowling like that? Um, with that, I will try and keep my action as tight as I can, as in my arms will be, they won't wander out as much, whereas in one-day cricket, uh, if you notice my right arm, my bowling arm actually goes out and then comes back in, and I find that helps me actually get my line to middle stump, um, whereas... In test matches, I'll hold that tight as much as I can, close by, close into myself. And even though I do close myself off a little bit, I feel that I can still get my line right. And like you say, that attacking line for test cricket, um, which worked this summer. So for my very limited knowledge of this, uh, you're almost talking about one day cricket, you have more of a breaststroke action, chest on, where your arms come out this way. And then test cricket, you're a fraction more side on with your arms separating. Definitely. So I'll try and stay as side on as I can um, and it's not as chest on with my one day stuff it's just that it is a little bit more than my test and it's more before I actually get into onto my back leg before I bowl I'll push my right arm out and then I'll come in whereas before I was a lot more uh, chest on but that's even that's got tighter as, as years have gone on brilliant stuff there from uh, Moeen big thanks to him and the England team for allowing us that to access uh, Andrew McKenna's joined us I want to talk about fear Macca um, I've just been informed actually while we were listening to that audio that not only were two snakes viewed yesterday there was a snake view you saw a snake this morning as well yeah, I was just having a coffee on the back of uh, the veranda opposite the pool and there was a little, uh, it looked like a, a cobra to me because I, I was very close to the one yesterday and it probably pretty close to where Gerard is in the pool at the minute but uh, I think it Don't tell him. No, 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 we'll let him fight. It is an Australian, he's used to it. Well, that's very true. Um, a few days ago, on our last full day in Dambulla, we uh, well, we had a day off because we had a full day's play on Saturday. The rain reserve day wasn't needed so what better thing to do than to go and visit the eighth wonder of the world in some people's eyes and certainly the most famous single attraction here in Sri Lanka Um, and uh, unfortunately whilst that was a brilliant idea Andrew McKenna myself and Gareth Batty we've got um, well if I was to say to you out of ten ten being horrendous and not being none Maka your fear of your fear of heights would rank where? Uh, a, A good six good six Gareth? I'm not making it to five. Well, my fear of heights is about eight, I'd say. It's pretty pretty intense. I've gone the other way. Are you, Sorry, are you I, thinking I, seven? No, I thought you meant uh, one being that you were incredibly scared of oh, one. So, no, I'm probably, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a seven. Yeah, I'm a seven. I'm a seven. So, seven of us started the, the trek up the rock. Only Andrew McKenna made it to the top. And I felt such a sense of achievement by making it. I had to, I essentially doubled back three times on the way up and just about managed it halfway. Gareth, you seem a bit more comfortable than me going up, a little less so coming down. Maka, we need to know what the trick is. How did you manage to do the final assault on the top of the rock? What was your secret? I had a very, very significant moment in the fact that I decided... I was going to focus on one point and one point only. That point was Neil Manthorpe's backside. 
He was the man in front of me, and I just got tunnel vision on, and I focused on that point in front of me. So for about 800 steps, all I saw was Neil's backside. But it was enough to get me up there. Well, it did get you up there, and well done to you, because me and Gareth... Well, Gareth did attempt it, didn't he? And then I I knew, I looked at... um, So just to give the listeners an idea, much of the walkway... The view was obstructed, so you couldn't actually see the horrendous heights that you were climbing and the bits that I really struggled with. And at times it felt like the ground was moving, which is never... For anyone who suffers from vertigo, it physically feels like a rock that's been there for the best part of a million years is moving underfoot. So um, I struggled, but when it got to the, the walkway up the side of the mountain, there was no way you could avoid the fact that you were on the side of a, a rock face. And I didn't have... Well, even if I'd had Neil Manthorpe's backside in front of me, I couldn't have done it. Well, there was one other factor. Short, only about 100 or so steps after we'd left you at base camp, um, <laughs> there was a dog climbing up the ladders, up the steps. So we physically had to climb over the dog. So you either had to sort of shuffle John Wayne-like with your feet out to the side or physically step over it. And then he come bounding back past you. So you have to do it all over again. He was the only one bounding because just another reason I found it so difficult was it there's so many people there, wasn't there? So it's not like you could just take it at your own pace. Your exit points were restricted. There was no way of going forward unless... The bloke or woman moved forward and there was no way out. And that, for me, was the final straw. Yeah, it was the fact. It's, it, it was almost like a, a fire escape for the, the final ascent up to the top. It was just ludicrous to me that you're trying to go however many thousands of feet in the air. That you, there's just a bit of metal holding you up. I just couldn't get my head around that. So I, I tried for about 20 steps and then just got the fear. And I was gripping with both hands onto the thing. I'm getting booted in the backside by everybody wanting to come up. And two little girls actually were coming down with their parents, skipping down the steps at the other side. Actually just sort of looked at me a bit strange and just sort of gave me a bit of a, come on, you can come with me. And they, they pretty much walked me back down, which was highly embarrassing. But thank you very much to the two young girls. Well, well done. We faced our fears, guys, and hopefully we can move on from this. But uh, credit to you, Macca. You certainly did face your fears. Thanks to you and Neil Manthorpe's backside, you made it to the top of Surrogate Rock. And uh, there's pictures on the website and the Twitter site to prove it. As mentioned yesterday, we had a focus on one of the England fans who've made it to Soggy Candy. Uh, Let's hear from Frank from Northampton. I've been here before with uh, my wife, but this is obviously a very different experience this time round. This is your first time following England abroad? Have you seen uh, seen England play uh, around the world beforehand? No, I've only been to a couple of tours. I've been to the um, Emirates as well, so this is my second tour. So what's your favourite touring experience been? What's your your favourite moment following England around the world? Um, Well, so far, I suppose it's watching England win at a canter. And uh, what's been the worst experience, I guess, as an England fan? An interesting one in Dubai was, I think it was the third test three years ago, where... Um, it was going right to the wire and we thought that we were going to miss, the, miss our plane but in the end it all wrapped up within five minutes of us leaving the ground so there you go and who's been your favourite England player of all time sort of down the years it can be Test, can be ODI, it can be T20 I just think I just, it's got to be KP I don't think there's anyone that beats him I think there's an interest isn't it is he a great player or is he a player of great innings I think you know, I can name five, well, five or four or five of his innings which have just been well beyond belief This has been the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me today, Gareth Batty and Andrew McKenna. 
Tomorrow's show will be a full review of the third ODI between Sri Lanka and England with Mark Nicholas, Darren Goff and Mark Butcher. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.